Eric Hinman is a Denver-based endurance athlete, a five-time Ironman content creator and social media influencer. The Ironman years is where I really defined myself and defined my life around health and wellness protocols because I realized that prior to that, in my late teens, early 20s, I was really just chasing the public perception of success. I thought that they were fulfilling, but realized after getting into triathlon that they weren't nearly as fulfilling as being the best version of myself. As an entrepreneur and angel investor, Eric is the co-founder of Original Grain and X-Zero Taco. I really just started to get lonely out there. I realized that people are so important to me, just having access to meeting new people. And for that reason, we ended up backing out of the deal. With the days centered around fitness, creation, outdoor adventure, entrepreneurship, community development, recovery, and self-development, the products recommended by Eric come as a result of his veteran career as an athlete and studying of health, nutrition, and wellness. Early on in relationships, I think we really chase lust as opposed to like the perfect partner. And if you can find the perfect partner, that's even more important than the lust part of the equation. You're living your life with someone, they're your partner in crime. Like you wanna make sure they're your best friend and that they support you to the fullest degree and you support them to the fullest degree. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. Eric, my man, absolutely delighted to have you here in this podcast. An absolute beast of a man. And I was looking through your Instagram profile and thinking, fuck, thought I was working hard. I need to get the finger out. This guy is absolutely killing it. Um, when I got to your Instagram profile, I read five-time Ironman. And alongside that, you've got the tagline, or at least your mission, is that you help build brands. And my first question to you, Eric, is... Can you tell me about a time where you began to build yourself up and what did that process look like? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, my story goes back to um, Ironman. In 2009, I competed in my very first triathlon. And prior to that, I had gotten pretty out of shape. I was driving 50,000 miles a year, sitting in a car. I thought, Subway was a healthy option when I was on the road. Um, I had gotten out of working out um, consistently. I was maybe hitting the gym once or twice a week, but you know, doing bench press and bicep curls, um, nothing super functional and certainly not getting my heart rate elevated. So the, the Ironman years is where I really defined myself and defined my life around health and wellness protocols because I realized that Prior to that, um, in my late teens, early 20s, I was really just chasing the public perception of success. I was chasing money. I was buying fancy clothes and watches and wine and fancy dinners. And, you know, I, I thought that they were fulfilling, but realized after getting into triathlon 
that they weren't nearly as fulfilling as being the best version of myself through health and wellness protocols. So, um, and, you know, training for Ironman specifically, which I started with a sprint and then an Olympic distance and then a half Ironman and then a full Ironman, which is a major time commitment. You have a lot of time alone with your heart rate elevated in nature. And I really feel like that recipe is almost a psychedelic experience. Um, you know, you just have time to allow all of these dots that you've collected over time to like form into something. And it was on those long runs and those long bike rides that I realized I, I wanted to change my life and I wanted to shape it around, you know, fitness because that was just filling my cup so full that I was able to give back. I had crazy amounts of energy, positive energy. I was attracting opportunities into my life. I was no longer chasing opportunities. And again, I just felt like so fulfilled and it was a very different feeling than the fulfillment of, you know, making more money and buying a nice thing where it's just like this quick dopamine hit and then it goes away. Um, the feeling of, you know, being healthy and vibrant and full of energy, there's so much longevity to it. And the ability to share that with others, you know, is, is also super rewarding. So, you know, those were the years where I've defined the chapter I'm living now, um, was through those psychedelic type experiences of, you know, being on a two and a half hour run and being super fatigued and just being like, uh, this sucks in the moment, but man, like I'm going to be high on life afterwards because of pushing myself to do this and accomplishing this. And, um, yeah, th th those were the years where I really defined who I wanted to be, how I wanted to live my life, who I wanted in my inner circle and the environments that allowed me to thrive. Well, a lot happening there. You talk about aligning the dots or joining the dots. What do some of those dots look like to you? At the time, what what was coming up for you in those on those long runs that you were perhaps unaware of? So over time, we meet people. You know, we we have experiences, we have ideas, and oftentimes we're we're too inundated with um, stimulus, with notifications, with to do lists, um, with options, and with decision making fatigue to really allow for all of those things we've experienced over time or all of those people that we've met over time to like marinate and form something. So for me, it was more just like every single time I ran, I'd have like 10 amazing ideas. And, and an idea might be like, I should connect these two people. It might be a business idea. It might be, you know, a person I should reach out to who I hadn't reached out to in a while. My mind was just so clear and I felt like, I was, again, just the best version of myself mentally and emotionally. So yeah, that's, that's what I mean by that is, you know, we collect these dots over time, whether experiences, people we meet, whatever. And, you know, if you don't take time to reflect, if you don't make space, um, then oftentimes you, you don't make anything of all of those dots that you've collected over time. Was there a process there whilst you were training for all of these events that you had moments or days or maybe months even of doubt or hesitation and thought you know what not this is you know this is not for me this is too extreme or this is you know i'm going to go back to what i know and it's it's why i'm bringing that bringing that up is that a lot of people do proceed with a change but there is a lot of resistance to change there's a lot of 
Um, there's a big process there in terms of letting go of their old life in order to step into this new life. So how did you negotiate that that part of the process to enable you to continue pushing forward? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, early on, you know, this we're talking my late 20s, um, you know, I still was had one foot in the party life and one foot in the fitness life. And, you know, there was no like rip the bandaid off moment where I just went cold Turkey on, you know, drinking and partying it, there was an evolution, but it, it really just came down to the more I exercised, the more I moved, the better I felt, the more energy I had, the better I slept. And then, you know, I realized that with staying up late and, um, you know, being in highly stimulating environments late at night, drinking, all of that stuff heavily affects your sleep, which heavily affects your energy, which heavily affects your mental clarity and your emotional well-being. So it was really just like, okay, why am I negating some of these incredible benefits I'm getting from the exercise side of my life with the party side of my life? And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us, um, you know, we live for the weekends or we live for the nights and, you know, I was starting to live for my 6.30 a.m. bike ride and my noon swim and my 5 p.m. run. And at 8 o'clock, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. I was tired. Like, I lived my day. So, you know, I was I was able to structure my day around a lot of exercise. And during that time, too, I was building um, a new business that I really enjoyed being in, a software business, and then eventually gyms and restaurants and just lots of passion projects. So, like, I, I wasn't... I wasn't working on the weekdays and playing on the weekends. Like every day was the same for me. Every day felt like a weekend to me. And I no longer had to live for the weekends or live for the night. So, you know, with that, I started to remove myself from a lot of the friend group that, you know, I had before that was partying. I removed myself from that environment. And, you know, I, I took on new friends and my environment changed. Like I was, you know, running, biking and swimming all the time. I was hanging out in gyms and I was, when I went to travel, I was popping into gyms and meeting gym owners. So it was it was an evolution. It wasn't just one defining moment. But yeah, I mean, I do think it's important to be cognizant of, you know, having one foot in one place and one foot in the other. Like I've always lived my best life when I was just like two feet in. But, you know, taking time to make sure that that was the right decision for me. Yeah. Going all in. Burning the boats and taking the island. Love yeah. that quote. Yeah. So there's a lot of men listening to this who are probably in a place where you were in your early 20s into your later 20s, living that lifestyle of maybe a nine to five, live for the weekends, drinking cocaine, but deep down inside, they want to change. They want to make a move, but they're stuck. How do they begin to move forward in this process and begin this process in their own life? Yeah. I mean, for me, movement was definitely the the top of the food chain. That That's what I would recommend, like get moving. That might start with, I mean, for me, it started with tennis and hiring a personal trainer to help me get back into, you know, decent looking and feeling shape. And also like having the accountability of having a personal trainer, paying that personal trainer, having it blocked off in my calendar every single day. Um, I needed that accountability. I needed that knowledge. I needed that set time because that, that was my motivation was I was paying that person and, you know, it was time that I was spending to better myself. So, you know, I think a personal trainer, if you don't have the knowledge or don't have the, the motivation at the moment to, to move, do that. That's a great, that's a great way to, 
to get back into shape. Um, tennis. I mean, I love tennis. I had a buddy who was a business partner who I played tennis with five days a week. So there's just a million ways to be fit. And I think the important things are finding something that you can make a habit, finding something where you enjoy the process. It might hurt in the moment, like my CrossFit workout, the CrossFit workouts I just did, you know, I was on the floor half the time laying on my back and half the time working out because it hurts so much, but I enjoy the process. It's, I consider it type two fun where in the moment, sure, you're suffering, but afterwards, like you're high on life because you get this massive endorphin rush. Um, so finding something where you enjoy the process, ideally finding your tribe, like finding people that you enjoy doing it with and what fits in with your lifestyle, you know, like we built out our backyard. It's a gym. We have a sauna here. We have a cold plunge. We designed our environment to make, um, to, to allow for easy access to the things we know that, you know, make us feel our best. So, you know, designing your environment or finding things that fit well with your structure again. So they just, they're easy to do. They, 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 you can put them on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Re reducing the resistance so you can increase the resistance towards creating that success in your life because you need the resistance, but to make it as accessible as possible for you to get to that point. Yeah. Exactly. And is there anything in that process that you would have done differently? Um, I don't think so. No. I mean, I'm so glad that I stuck with things. I, I, I think the problem with most, and you know, I've battled with this some, but I, I generally am able to recognize if I'm doing too much. Um, I think the problem for most is they're trying to do too much and in, it's not really what you say yes to. It's more what you say no to, you know, like during my Ironman years, I had a period of time where I was still playing tennis. I was still, you know, doing CrossFit workouts and, you know, that inhibited my ability to get to the Ironman world championships because I, I wasn't just saying yes to triathlon. I wasn't doing everything to be the best triathlete. So you know, there becomes a time where if you want to be one of the best in the world at something, like you have to laser focus in on that and you have to say no to a lot of other things. Otherwise, you're just not going to get as good as other people that have just focused everything in their life around that one thing. The same holds true for business, you know, for everything. And, you know, I, I, I think there needs to be balance, but um, at the same time, I'm so glad I was so extreme with that Ironman chapter because... It taught me that anything is possible as long as you apply the 10,000 hour rule and you, you know, say you just, you put blinders on and you eliminate distractions. So, um, the Ironman years were just a massive lesson for me and success in anything, just kind of the recipe for, for success. So, you know, for that reason, I'm so glad that I was very extreme in it, but now I'm much more balanced. Like, you know, I, I enjoy CrossFit. I love mountain biking. Um, I do a lot of things where I feel good day in and day out because there did get a point during those Ironman years where it was too much exercise. It was too much zone two cardio. You know, my cortisol levels were high. Testosterone had dropped um, just from the high, high volumes of, of training, 25, 30 hours a week. I mean, it was it was a wild amount of training to, to you know, get to Kona. Mm -hmm. And then aside of all of your personal achievements with your fitness, you have built many brands as well, or at least you've helped build many brands. Is there one or two in specific there that you're more proud of or mostly proud of? Yeah. Um, I mean, 10,000 is an apparel brand here in the U.S., men's apparel. 
um, that I was with since pretty much day one. Um, I bought a pair of their shorts really early on and the founder Keith saw my name come through as, you know, an email order and he reached out to me and, you know, saw that I was in the CrossFit space and that I had done Ironmans. We're talking like 2015 and, uh, just had a great conversation with him and decided to invest early on. And it's been cool to watch the brand and community and product line that they've built over time. Ice Barrel is another one where day one, the founder, Wyatt, sent me a wood wine barrel back in 2017. Um, and now everyone obviously is talking about cold exposure. It's just been like hockey stick growth. So it's been cool to watch him, you know, grow the company, the brand, the product, and, you know, build this incredible lifestyle and community around cold exposure. So, I mean, the favorite, my favorite brands I work with are ones where you really feel like you're part of something and, you know, you see other people, you see their lives changed by it. Like you see so many people's lives change for the better by jumping in cold water. So I love brands that have a really purposeful why, and it's fun to, to be a part of those brands and just sharing a feeling with the world and improving people's lives through, you know, those, those brands products. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all for the cold water, man. I, I usually jump in the sea. Yeah, just that's the best way to do it. Very cold, yeah. Just uh, completely immerse myself in Mother Nature. So, pretty powerful. And, yeah, I've been doing that for quite a period of time. And the, the sauna as well, whenever I can get into it. Um, is there anything, in your opinion, when it comes to health, fitness, or let's say a man's personal life, is there anything that you see there that many men are leaving off the table that they need to bring onto the table in order to accelerate their progress or improve their life to the next level? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my, my friend group is very much living a life similar to mine. So, you know, I, I, to some degree have blinders on to what probably, you know, 95% of, of, you know, men's lives are like, but, uh, you know, I guess I would say the, the correlation between what we're doing, movement, sauna, cold exposure, and mental and emotional well-being. I think historically, all of those things have been linked to an aesthetic or they've been linked to physical performance. They've been linked to something an athlete does. And the truth of the matter is I I'm 42 years old. I'm doing all of these things now to feel good day in and day out. And by feel good, I mean to have you know crazy amounts of energy um, to have mental clarity, to have emotional well-being, to have stress resilience. So, yeah, I think the message is like exercise, cold exposure, sauna, all of that is, it, you know, is sure it's for physical performance, but there's a direct correlation to mental performance, emotional well-being, and stress resilience with all of those things as well. So at 42 years of age, I'm going that direction myself, and a lot of the men listening to this podcast are in around that same age range. You talk about energy and over the last number of years, energy has been my main priority. Like yourself, I've done the CrossFit, I've done powerlifting, I've been big into fitness and health for a long, long time in life, but my values have changed going forward where back then it was all about muscles and six pack and aesthetics and performance and competitions and all that. Now it's more about energy, maximizing my energy for life. What is your, what are your, your pillars or what are your strategies to enhance? Maybe you've answered some of that question in the previous answer, 
But what are some of the strategies you use personally to maximize your energy? Yeah. So, you know, if you have 45 to 60 minutes, five days a week to, to work out, what I would recommend is doing moderately heavy weight in the three to five rep range, three to five sets, complex movements like squatting, deadlifting, overhead pressing, bench pressing, pulling movements like deadlift, um, and doing, doing that for maybe 30 to 45 minutes after warming up for a bit and then doing something highly, highly anaerobic, like assault bike intervals, burpee broad, burpee broad jumps or burpees jumping on a box or over a bench, puck jumps, um, sprinting, ski erg intervals, row intervals, um, something where you're spiking your heart rate for short periods of time, resting long enough so that you can repeat that effort six to eight times. Um, I would do that on day one. And then the next day, uh, you know, you probably would be a bit sore from that. I would do something, you know, slower and aerobic. So going for like a 30 to 45 minute run or a 30 to 60 minute bike ride, and then just keep going back and forth. Um, that's where I think you'll get the most bang for your buck is, is doing that combo. Obviously, if you're training for something, you know, you have to focus on whatever that is. If you're wanting to run a 240 marathon, then that means that you're going to have to run 60 plus miles a week. And if you want to be a CrossFit Games athlete, that means you're going to have to be in the gym for three hours a day, five to six days a week doing, you know, CrossFit type workouts and Olympic lifting and mobility. So, you know, that's for general wellness uh, factoring in that, you know, you have a job, you have a family and, you know, you have 45 to 60 minutes, five days a week to, to get that in. So, um, and, you know, let's say that you don't want to do the, uh, all of that, like I think lifting heavy and doing anaerobic conditioning is where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. You're looking at seven, is that seven days a week? I mean, I train seven days a week. Yes. I very rarely take a full rest day unless, you know, I have an early flight and I'm flying to Hawaii, you know, something where it's like a full travel day, but you know, generally on my off days, I'm still going to mountain bike for an hour, hour and a half. I might rock, um, I might, you know, go for an easy trail run or a hike, but five days a week, I'm working out twice a day. I'm doing a CrossFit type workout in the morning, and then I'm doing about 60 minutes of aerobic exercise in the afternoon. And that's generally mountain biking, rocking, running, trail running, hiking. Okay. And you, can you talk to me about the, the rocking? Go rock. Yeah. Yeah. So rocking is, um, running, hiking, walking with weight. So uh, GoRuck makes these beautiful backpacks that are ruck packs that hold weight in them. So it's just, it's time under tension. You know, it's just, you're, you're walking with a load on your back. So there's less impact than you would get running, but you know, it'll, it'll get your heart rate up because you know, you can put up to 80 or a hundred pounds in that backpack. So it's a hell of a midline workout a hell of a workout for your traps. And then, you know, it's going to put pressure on your hip flexors and your quads, but without the impact of running that is putting a lot of impact on your joints. So, um, you know, I have a history of lots of running from those Ironman years. So for me, generally running is what's going to give me the most, you know, achy issues if I, if I'm running a lot. So, I've really enjoyed rucking for the aspect that, you know, it's great zone two cardio, 
Um, it's pretty good strength training, but without the impact that you're going to get from going out for, you know, an eight, 10 mile run. Well, and just to go back on the energy aspect as well. So you talked to me about the, the workouts and the training. What about the other things you do in your life, such as nutrition, recovery, sleep, Obviously, we've, we've also also touched on the, the cold and the heat exposure, which obviously improves that too. So where are you at in terms of your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery, in terms of that enabling your, your energy balance and, and improving that going forward too? Sure. So, I mean, every single night we do contrast therapy, which is going from a hot sauna at about 200 degrees into an ice bath in our ice barrel at about 40 degrees. And I'm doing three rounds of that, about 20 minutes in the sauna and three to five minutes in the ice barrel. Um, and, you know, with that, it's helping me tremendously, obviously, with physical recovery. But it's also another one of those things that is helping with keeping a healthy immune system, cardiovascular health. Um, it's our community time. Like we generally have six to eight people here, different people every single night that are doing it with us. So, you know, that's oftentimes where I'm having captive conversations with people. I'm meeting with some of the brands I work with. I'm meeting with entrepreneurs. I'm meeting with people that reach out to me on Instagram. So that's my community bonding time. Um, you know, with all the workouts and the recovery sessions, um, it's obviously a lot of time, but with, with a lot of it, I'm multitasking without multitasking. Like with the workouts, that's oftentimes when I'm also documenting and shooting content for the brands I work with. You know, the recovery time is when I'm meeting new people and, you know, I, I always take meetings in the sauna to combine a meeting with a captive conversation and getting my heat exposure and, and cold exposure in. Um, so I, I've been able to design my day where, you know, a lot of it I'm able, I'm doing two or three things at once, but really only doing one, one thing purposefully. Yeah. I think you're the... You, you've mentioned it there, but I think that's a huge part of, of, of this overall process is the community aspect and that, and, and that connection. Yeah, that many people are suffering the absence of these days or yeah. is community and connection. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's huge. So I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, my girlfriend and I were renting a place in Moab, Utah, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. We had a beautiful property there and we uh, we were going to buy the buy the property. But it's a really small community. There's only about 4,000, 5,000 people that live there year round. And, you know, for the first few months, it was really fun because we had so many friends coming to visit us and stay with us. Um, but it, as the off season hit in Moab and the town was quiet and people weren't coming, and even though I, I love my girlfriend, Sarah, very much and I love our dog, Blaze. Um, there wasn't enough human connection for me. I, there weren't enough new people coming through. I wasn't meeting that many new people anymore. Like I certainly had a good friend group there, but I also love meeting new people. That's a huge part of what makes me tick. And, you know, we were under contract to buy this house and, you know, I really just started to get lonely out there, even with everything. Like, you know, I, you know, a beautiful house and access to the, some of the best adventures in the world and, we had a Can-Am off-road vehicle out there. Like, I mean, literally like all the toys and all the fun, but I realized that people are so important to me, just having access to meeting new people. And for that reason, we ended up backing out on the, on the deal. And we bought a place just outside of Denver where, you know, there's a much larger population and there's so many more people that are flying through here. And 
I have access to meet so many new people here. So that was a big lesson for me that like, hey, you can have your environment completely designed for you to thrive, but if you don't have your people or new people, no bueno. Yeah, that's huge, man. Huge. Loneliness is uh, an epidemic at the moment in the world. So it's such an important aspect and took balls and courage to make that move. Knowing, yeah, that's, knowing, knowing that staying in Utah would, of course, you know, you would feel at home there in terms of you've got the, the setup and you've got your home and you've got your girlfriend and things are okay, but you're missing a crucial piece there in terms of uh, your internal fulfillment and, and connection, which comes through community. So yeah, making that move and the, uh, yeah. And then like on that, you know, you mentioned the loneliness, but is there, is there anything there on your journey when you reflect back now that at the time felt like it was potentially the worst thing that ever happened to you, but it became one of the best things in your life. You know, it, it, it transferred onto, it, it maybe took you down another route that you weren't expecting, or it maybe um, created another opportunity out of nothing. The problem presented an opportunity. So was there something there in that, in that journey? Cause you've obviously been incredibly successful in your life, but every success is not a linear process. So tell me about one of the down points or the low points of that, of that process, which potentially accelerated your success going forward. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of speed bumps along the way and that's kind of how I look at things in the moment when you know, they really hurt and it feels like life is horrible and it sucks. Is like, you know, I've faced enough of these to know that generally looking back, they were just a speed bump and, you know, it led to a higher high afterwards. Um, so like 2015, 2016, those were difficult years for me when I was transitioning out of Ironman. Um, and, you know, I had, I had this identity as an Ironman athlete. I was in Syracuse, New York, which is a pretty small city in upstate New York. And, you know, I had become known as the elite Ironman athlete in, in the city. And like, that was really cool to feel like, you know, I had gained success in something to the point where I was known for something. And, uh, but in 2014, after racing Kona, I had a great race. I kind of lost my passion and purpose for Ironman. I felt like I was just going through the motions. In 2015, I was signed up for a bunch of races. I had switched coaches and I started to skip races. Like, you know, I would get to a week before and I'm like, eh, I don't feel like doing it. I'm, I'm just not going to go. I don't, I don't want to deal with the travel, you know, just kind of making excuses. And like that, that year was really tough to, to realize that Ironman was no longer, no longer serving me. And that I had to, I had to step out of Ironman and step away from what I was known as and figure out like who I was going to be after Ironman. And, you know, I can only imagine like professional athletes in the NBA or MLB or rugby or golf, you know, what they have to deal with when they transition from being world famous in something to, you know, just, you know, being a regular citizen. So for me, it, over that period, I... I started to realize that my, my mission was changing. It wasn't about me as much anymore. Like I still wanted to do things that filled my cup, but you know, I wanted to share via, you know, Instagram, my journey and the things that benefited me so much to hopefully help others, you know, and, uh, to employ some of these health and wellness protocols that just really allowed me to thrive. So 
you know, that, that was a couple of year journey of separating myself from being the Ironman athlete to like, I just, I want to live my life. I want to feel good. And I'm going to give back in ways that I feel will benefit others. Um, and ultimately, I mean, it led me to finding Colorado and living in Colorado and like, this has by far been the best chapter of my life being out here in Colorado. So, you know, had I just stuck with Ironman and stuck with something that had become pretty comfortable and, you know, certainly was bringing opportunities to me and, you know, um, you know, I probably would not have come to Colorado or found Colorado. I would have stuck with, you know, some of the, the businesses I was building in, in Syracuse that were, you know, again, like very comfortable and from the outside perspective looked like I was living a great life, but I just, I didn't feel like I was thriving anymore. So when I came to Colorado and just started to design my life around, you know, all of these outdoor activities and really found my tribe here, I was like, okay, this, this is amazing. Now I'm getting to share this with so many other people. And I feel like I found that the environment that really allows me to thrive out here. Is this also where your girlfriend came into the equation and how did that begin to, or how, how has she began to change your life? Yeah. So Sarah, I met on a dating app called Raya. She was, she was in Denver for a chiropractic conference and we matched as she was leaving. So I didn't get to meet her in person. Um, but we FaceTimed for about three weeks. She owned a chiropractic practice in Greenville, South Carolina. So we FaceTimed for three weeks and, uh, just like, you know, we had, we both had made lists of like who our perfect companion was and, you know, we're, she's 34 now I'm 42. So, you know, we've, we've figured out like who we are and who we want as our perfect partner in our life. So, you know, we, we realized that our lists were kind of identical for what we wanted in each other. So, um, I flew there and man, since then we've spent like two days apart since that, that day that I flew to, to meet her. Um, I lived with her in South Carolina for about six months before she sold her practice and then moved out here with me. And, um, you know, I've realized over time that early on in relationships, I think we really chase lust as opposed to like the perfect partner. And if you can find the perfect partner, that's even more important than the lust part of the equation. Like you, you gotta, you know, you're living your life with someone, they're your partner in crime. Like you want to make sure they're your best friend and that, you know, they support you to the fullest degree and you support them to the fullest degree. There's just a lot of other things to factor in when, you know, you, you find that, that perfect partner for your life. How did you come up with that exercise of uh, writing down your, your perfect match or your perfect partner? That's a really cool exercise where both of you are actually doing it and then comparing notes. What are that? Sure, where'd, you come yeah. up, where'd you come up with that? Um, I, I, you know, I think someone probably had told me they had done it and, you know, just over time I would write down like what didn't work in this relationship, what would I like to have had in this relationship to make it better and you know, you do that long enough, you you start to form this list of like, this is my perfect partner, you know, and this is where it's just going to feel easy being with them often because you're both so supportive of each other. And you know, like Sarah, Sarah knows what makes me the best version of myself. And she never, you know, like I can go and play in the mountains for three hours and she's never going to question that. She knows that like, I need that to just fill my soul. And like, I know for her, she grew up in a family with brothers and like she needs her alone time much more than I do. So, you know, if she like, we have lots of company here and I'm so blessed that she allows it, but 
you know, sometimes she's like, Hey, like, can we have a few days where, you know, we don't have eight people over for dinner. And I'm like, yep, I know you need that. So I'm going to give you that space so that you can, you know, replenish your, you know, your, your nervous system to want to, you know, be around people again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know what you want before you find the person you want. You know, that's a pretty cool exercise. Yeah. So what about just bringing it back up to the surface again, because we go pretty deep there, we'll bring it back up to the surface. We'll go back to talking about training, exercise, energy. Do supplements play a big part in all that for you? Uh, I think supplements are the icing on the cake. I think the the things that you want to get down first are movement. You know, some supplements are going to help with that. Um, like I, I do like caffeine. I like beta alanine. Um, things that help give me motivation to to exercise, but you know, dialing in your exercise is going to be the top of the food chain. And then once you dial in exercise, it's very likely that other things are going to start to fall in, into place. You're probably going to eat better. Or even if you are eating shitty, you'll have at least burned a lot of calories so that you don't feel like shit after, you know, having a bunch of carbs. You're probably going to sleep better because, you know, if you're exercising in, in the morning or in the early afternoon, you know, you're, you're spiking your cortisol. So your cortisol starts to drop throughout the day. And, you know, that way you're able to get some restful sleep. You're tired, you know, you exerted yourself. So you're stoked to get to sleep in the evening by getting good sleep. You're going to have motivation the next day to work out again and exercise and move. So, um, I think exercise top of the food chain, dialing in your nutrition. I eat, you know, an animal based diet. Um, I eat fruit, I eat vegetables, um, I stay away from processed foods. I stay away for the most part from processed sugars. I'll do honey. I like maple syrup. Um, you know, I, I certainly, you know, I overeat here and there. And if we go out to dinner, I'm going to get dessert. Like I'm not like tracking macros or, you know, a bodybuilder uh, mentality around diet. But, you know, I do have enough knowledge to understand what's going to make me feel good and what's going to make me feel like shit. And you know, sometimes if I'm out to dinner and that is the cheesecake or the carrot cake on the menu looks amazing, I'm going to get it and, you know, maybe I'll suffer a little bit from it. But generally, you know, I'm eating the same things at the same times each day and I look forward to those meals. I'm not nibbling on kale and lettuce like I'm having burgers and I'm having ribeyes and steaks and um, smoothies I enjoy and eggs and turkey sausage and like all things I really like. Um so then supplements. So icing on the cake, there are some supplements that I think are crucial to performance. Um, for me, probably the most crucial would be creatine. I've taken creatine for years. Um, every single time I'm taking creatine, I'm able to add strength, either retain or add muscle mass. And there's so many studies around creatine now too for the neurological benefits. So creatine is a staple in, in my supplement routine. Caffeine, I, I make espresso every morning. Caffeine is definitely in the in the routine. I consider that performance enhancing. And in the evening, I take a supplement called Beam Dream that has L-theanine, nano-CBD, um, magnesium. It does have some melatonin, which I know is a, a controversial mm -hmm. um, supplement. Um, but it helps me sleep, and I'm just... Like sleep is so important to me. Sleep is your number one recovery tool. And, you know, I'm exercising so much that my cortisol levels are, you know, higher than um, they would be if I paired the exercise back a bit. Um, so, you know, ashwagandha, things that help reduce my cortisol levels and things that help me sleep are crucial to 
um, my supplement routine. Um, I also take athletic greens. I take colostrum. Um, I take, uh, what else? What else? Beta alanine. I'll citrulline sometimes before an afternoon workout instead of having caffeine. Um, but you know, also keep in mind that I, I get a lot of stuff for free. So, you know, if I had a budget you know, that I had to be conscious about the things I would do would be caffeine, creatine, um, some kind of sleep supplement, and, you know, maybe something like an athletic greens just to cover all of my bases around vitamins and minerals. <clears throat> nice one. What about testosterone and what are your thoughts on TRT as a 42 year old man? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an incredible, incredible thing that we're learning more and more about. Um, I mean, if you look to bodybuilders, it's pretty cool. Like all of the one man scientific experiments they've done on themselves over, over the years at a very high level. And, you know, now a lot of that stuff is trickling down to the mainstream in healthy doses to make you live a healthier, more vibrant life. Um, so I work with a company called Blokes, very good friend, Josh Whalen. Um, who is able to prescribe peptides, TRT, um, you know, a lot of those things. Unfortunately, CrossFit, which I'm looking to get to the CrossFit games in my age group, they test for peptides, they test for TRT. So a lot of that stuff I'm not able to take just to, you know, to be able to compete in the sport. But, you know, my testosterone level is around 600, which isn't high, but also not super low. In the Ironman years, it dipped down into like the high 300s and you know, I definitely, I definitely felt it. Um, you know, a big part of it was like energy levels and mood. You know, those are the two things where I think TRT can be super beneficial for someone with, with low testosterone is to help improve your energy levels and to, to help improve your mood. So, um, I think they're incredible things to, to supplement with, like get your blood work done though. And, you know, see if you have low levels and then also like, assess your lifestyle are there things that you can do to change your your eating habits your exercise habits your sleeping habits that will naturally boost your testosterone levels and you know if you're already doing those things and they're still low then i think it's something that's incredible to to consider yeah for sure i'm definitely in that category as well so heading towards that 40 mark um yeah brilliant man but whatever you're doing eric it's clearly working so Keep doing it. Uh, thank you so much for your insights, information. Is there anything that you would like to mention or say before we wrap, wrap up the podcast? Yeah, I mean, if anybody has any questions on any of these topics, I love chatting about them. So uh, Instagram, it's just my name, Eric Hinman. Shoot me a DM. You know, I, I reply to all of the DMs that I get and I love helping people with this stuff. So happy to communicate. Sweet, man. Is there anywhere else that uh, we can reach you as well? Website, ericinman.com. Um, through Instagram, the link in my bio has a lot of the upcoming events that I'm going to be hosting in the U.S., the brands I work with. Um, so, yeah, Instagram is generally the best place to go. And then that link that's in my bio is where you can find a lot of other things. Sweet, man. Well, keep inspiring, man. Uh, as I said, you're inspiring me. So thank you. And thank you for your time and energy on this on this podcast. Until next Thanks for having me, Gavin. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms 
so that others too can gain the insight, information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.